There's no business like show business, like no business I know. From the beautifully restored Brownwood Lyric Theater in revitalized downtown Brownwood, it's Waxing Lyrically. <laughs> Cecily and Gwendolyn Pigeon. <laughs> the Pigeon Sisters. <laughs> or as our friends in Chelsea used to call us, the Cuckoo Pigeon Sisters. <laughs> the podcast devoted to and hosted by our own Lyric Theater players. Anything you could do, I could do better. Ha! I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you now, can. here's your host for tonight's no, show, yes, I can. Paul yes, Underwood. I can. Let's go on with the Well, good day and welcome to another episode of Waxing Lyrically. This is your host, Paul Underwood, back in the hot seat for this one. But you've also got Alyssa Hinton. Alyssa. But you've also got, and I knew I was going to do that. I knew I was going to do that. Alyssa. Alyssa. And that is a common thing with my name. I very rarely do I get called the right name. Yeah. Move this. Maybe. Yeah, you can get just yeah, get it a little closer yeah, there. There we go. All right, take two. No, we'll just keep it. We'll just keep. Are all we going to keep it? Okay. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, because I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there who are wondering how to say my name. Yeah. And I feel like I have one of those names that people are kind of intimidated to say because it's Alyssa, Alicia. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's simply Lisa with an A. Alyssa. Hey, it's so easy. It's so simple. <laughs> and, and there's another person in the cast who also struggle with her name, too. Laisha. Laisha. And she finally just had to say it rhymes with geisha. It, you get that. When you have one of these names, you find the little thing, like my Lisa with an A. Yeah. She's probably came up with geisha a long time ago, and it worked, and that's why she it's her go-to. My wife's <laughs> going to kill me because I did. I asked her last night. Now, let's see. It's And she said, no, it's Alisa. Okay, okay, I've got it. And Thanks right for off having the, my back, Jill. Yeah, right off the bat, I screwed it up. I'm going to try something a little different for this episode. I don't know how it's going to work. We may just scrap it, but I want to go to the stage, and I want oh. I want to take a, We're going to do a little phone recording which okay. will splice in mm-hmm. but i just want you to kind of take me on a audio tour of the stage because it's just sitting there it's beckoning us right now okay <laughs> absolutely so we're going to get from out from behind these microphones and we're just going to walk out to the stage here for just a second Look, it already knows where we are. Oh, wonderful. All right. We are now, we're in a Juliet here, actually, on the Brownwood Lyric Stage. Let's go ahead and walk to the center of the stage. I'm here with Alisa Hinton, and we are on the, tell me about the set, Alisa. Well, the set is designed by Nick. Yes. And uh, Nick's last name, Nick... Ewan. Ewing. Ewan. Mm-hmm. Ewan. No G. Okay. See, now I'm getting schooled <laughs> on names. There you go, Nick, if you're listening. So this is this is the okay. So basically, what we what what you're going to see here is your um, we've got our living room setting. Uh-huh. Rumors is taking place in you know just there's no set change. It's a posh home of some New York socialites. Mm-hmm. And so what we have here is this is this is our living room area okay. right here in, in the, the front. the front here, mm-hmm. I see, yeah. And then as we come, uh, we'll come back over here, there's gonna be a bar. Okay. We've got a kitchen over here to stage left. Okay. And then we've got, you can see this staircase, and it doesn't look like much now, but right. it will be. And this is going up to the bedrooms. That, that factors in a, a, a big part of the place. You've gotta have the upstairs you never actually see into the rooms. No. 
No, in, in fact, there's, there's a lot of things that you don't ever see in this play that you hear about, you know all about, but you never see it, or them. Yeah, um, let's look out this other way now towards mm -hmm. the audience, and I just want you to describe what you feel when you're on this stage? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think it depends on what, uh, like right now on this stage, I just feel comfortable. Honey, standing here talking in, in, to a phone <laughs> yes. in empty stage. <laughs> exactly, yeah, a little comical, but... But imagine that there's an audience out there and you're up here doing what you do best. Well... I can't help but go back to memories of having been on the stage. And I tell you, the one that popped in right now mm -hmm. was uh, when I was in Ring of Fire and doing a solo, which I was not wanting to do. Yeah, um, we're going we're to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, Having that spotlight go on you and then seeing just the silhouette of people and knowing that, you know, you might know them, you might not. And then all of that just kind of fades away and you just, you know, you look into the light and you pick a spot on the wall and you just, you know, go with it, kind of lose yourself in it. So right now, that's what I'm remembering is doing that solo and how emotional that time was. And then just what a feeling of accomplishment, yeah. knowing that you get up. I mean, you can relate to this, knowing that you have gotten up in front of, you know, a, a whole audience full of people in this right. beautifully restored facility and, and that you get a chance to do it. It's, yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah. Very grateful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Now, you, you mentioned that you pick a light to stare into. <laughs> yeah, or a are spot you, on the wall. Are you one that can look out and see individual people here in the audience? Uh, it depends. Um, in a... In some, the more relaxed, I would say, uh, the more I am able to do that, but I really prefer to kind of just go right on yes. behind the sound booth there yeah. instead of making eye contact with anybody <laughs> because then it's almost like you're breaking character when you look at someone in the face. So yeah. I, I don't want to do that because then I start connecting with a human being as myself versus the character and not every situation yeah. is, you know, allows for that. So yeah. anything else we want to talk about as far as for being on the stage? Um, there will be a powder room that plays in very significantly for okay. my, for me, my yeah. character. Yes, she's uh, she spends a little bit of time in there, and so that's an important part. You, you don't ever get to see inside of it, but yeah, the the powder room is is important in in rumors. I just love the feeling of of this stage and being up here, and I just wanted to come and just do a little bit of that on the stage. I think it'll play well. Absolutely. All right, let's go back and record. Okay. Okay, we are back in the studio now. Uh, we've just had our little tour of the stage. I thought that was pretty cool. That was. Yeah. Good idea. You still kind of have to use your imagination. We're not quite there yet, but do you have enough stage pieces there where you can kind of hit your marks and everything? Oh, most definitely. This had... Everything seems to be coming together so quickly with this particular production. We had costumes ready for our pictures. I mean, and that was I mean, like... Before we even had blocking done, we were costumed and ready and photographed. And so, I mean, it's just everything seems to just be coming into place. And it's also a smaller cast. Yes. So I think that makes a difference, too, just being able to get those lines quicker and, and run through things faster. Have so. you seen the poster yet? I got a sneak peek of it. Okay. All right. Because I was going to I want to see the. Here. Oh! Oh my goodness, may I hold this? Okay. It's very 80s-ish, oh, isn't it? Oh, it is so 80s. And that is, yeah, that's the thing. So we that's, are when, all... that's when rumors takes place. Yes. Think white, modern, New York, high-end. That's these people. They do a lot of fundraising. Uh -huh. They do a lot of, you know, they're, they're at a party at someone's home and you'll tell by the post, I mean, look what they're wearing. Yes. They're dressed to the nines. Uh -huh. And one of the running <laughs> jokes in, in the play is um, what dresses these women have worn to what fundraising event. Yeah. So yeah, you'll, there's some cute little things in that play off of that. But this particular picture, we were going to just do straight 
great. We, we did a lot of different takes. Eric's, Eric took several pictures, yeah. but we thought, you know, how about if we just go right into character and, and just really make it look comical? And so uh, that's what we did. And I'm I really glad it. that he picked it. I yeah. love it. Uh, Tommy, it's funny. She looks like Anna Gasteyer from Saturday Night Live. Oh my Doesn't gosh, she, she does. <laughs> Absolutely, she does. That's a strange reference. You're gonna no, have, people are going to have to Google Anna Gasteyer. Yeah, and, and, and go watch her on Saturday Night Live because she's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you mean you don't wear these puffy sleeves, uh, Elisa? You know, generally I don't, but the hairdo, I, I do use that one quite often. Okay. I like to have my little Elvis fluff in the front. Oh, so that's going to be... Your hairstyle, you think, for the play? <laughs> well, part of it. Yeah, Cassie, um, my character Cassie, she's she's in transition. Let's just say she's not quite sure um, who she is just yet, but she does believe heavily in some powerful elements that the earth brings, yeah. and so um, you know she's trying to get a handle on it. Uh-huh. She's trying to get a handle on her world in any way she can. I just wonder what Cassie has been through in her life to get to that point. I feel like she's just willing to pretty much try just about anything at this point to keep her sanity. Okay. Can, <laughs> can we talk to Cassie here for a minute? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I'm here with Cassie. Now, you are married to Glenn, and I understand that Glenn is running for Senate, right? State Senate. Oh, state Senate. Oh. Um, he's, you, you, he's you're kind of diminishing that like it's not as important as I'm not saying that it's not important. What I'm saying is there's a ways to go. And sometimes things can, you know, the, the power can sometimes go to people's heads. The yeah. privilege, the oh, power. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so it's important that we make that distinction between you know, state Senate mm-hmm. and, you know, Washington, D.C. Senate. I see. I see. Okay. So, but you're happily married to Glenn, of course, right? I'm married to Glenn. (laughs) I am married to Glenn and I want to be happy. And if Glenn wants to be happy, then he'll do what he needs to do to make us both happy. And he knows exactly what that is. Oh, I see. Okay. So it seems like there may be an issue with maybe who wears the pants in the relationship. I want Glenn to wear his pants. Okay. And I'll leave it right there. Okay. Um, How did you guys meet? We actually met as I was helping. I was Mm -hmm. waitressing. Yes. At a fundraiser Uh that he was a part of. He wasn't running. He wasn't. he, He wanted to be in politics at that point, but he hadn't quite gotten there. And I was... Working, I, I say waitressing, um, there's a term in the industry, it's called booth babe. I, uh. I don't know if you've heard it or not, but basically you get to keep the clothing. Oh, okay. It's wonderful. Oh. And all you have to do is smile. Yeah. All you have to do is, you know, maybe refill a drink here or there mm-hmm. and, and just be nice and talk to the people. And I'm, I'm very good at that. I've been honing those skills for a long time. And so he came up to my booth and we started chatting. And when I went home, I noticed there was a little card in the pocket of my coat. Ah. And it was his. Oh. And and you said now you didn't bring the any the crystals with you. Um, <sighs> is that something that's new? Is that just a, a calming mechanism? Um, I or is it carry the drink my crystals. in your hand more calming than the crystals or I'd say it's a little of both. Mm-hmm. I'd say that um, the drink in my hand definitely helps calm and open me up for what the crystals are going to bring. But the crystals bring it no matter where I am. I see. I have to get there Okay. if I want to really open up and harness their power. Their power is always there and it always will be. Now, I appreciate you because we're on a podcast here and um, we want to keep this clean, you know, but I, I understand that sometimes you do have a little bit of a language problem. I've been known to color my phrases. Yes. However, I really see nothing wrong with a well-timed expletive. <laughs> Whether it's for humor, whether it's to get a point across, um, you know, I'm I'm just I'm just that kind of gal. All right, and we're going to call that a scene. That is fantastic. There's not that many people that could get into the character like you just did, Elisa. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, and and I know there's nothing in the script about how you and 
your your uh, Glenn, Glenn, how you met, but you just kind of went with it. And I love the fact that you've you've developed this entire little backstory now, haven't you? I did, and I because I was actually having a hard time wondering. How in the world did this girl get into crystals? Because she seems like your, you know, high class private school cheerleader type of, you know, everything's handed to her. Why would she go seeking out anything supernatural? Right. Um, so I did. I had to. Cre- I was like, how did they meet? And what what is her motive? Why is she the way she is? How can she just act? Because I'll tell you. Her personality flips. <laughs> she flips. She's a flip flopper. So I just I, I had to think of how she met him and why she would be in love with him. Yeah. And it's not giving anything away to say that she sus- highly suspects Glenn of cheating. Ah. And so that's the whole thing of, you know, if she's this beautiful girl, what's she doing staying with him and with these crystals? So, I mean, you're the trophy wife in this thing, right? Yes, absolutely. The trophy wife in this. I mean, they all are really, but but (laughs) all the women and our trophy wives, I would say they might identify as that. But my character in particular, you know, if he's he's got these political aspirations, you know, he wants somebody who is going to stand by his side and look yeah. good and smile. Yeah. And she's not really having that. She's ha- she's struggling right. with doing that yeah. in the light of his actions. We're talking Neil Simon rumors, which takes to the lyric stage April 16th. It's going to have a two week run Friday, Saturday and Sunday for what? Eight performances, I mm-hmm. guess. Total, right? Yes. Let's talk about these other cast members, and we'll just start with uh, with Joe Dennis, your husband, Glenn. Yes. Um, what's it been like working with Joe? I think you've worked with him before. Well, a, a couple of times, actually, in, in Get Smart and then mm-hmm. the other Neil Simon play you did, Odd Couple. Yes, and he was also in Yeehaw Christmas, okay. and he was also in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. So we've been in several together now, and... I mean, anybody who knows Joe, he's just a genuinely nice, good person. I know that sounds kind of, you know, just like white bread and butter. I mean, yeah. apple pie. He's, but you but he's don't the most get the interesting man oh, in the world. Oh my gosh. He's <laughs> done so many things. Um, he is a sergeant. Yeah. You can talk to Joe about. Anything from just a a stupid, dumb joke, play on words, to, like, astrophysics. Yes. How about your rapport on stage as we're nearly a month to the day out of opening night? Are we there yet as far as that... That witty. Um, We're getting there. Yeah. Uh, you don't I need to peak too soon. Right. And I also don't have my lines memorized. Uh-huh. So, and I have the fewest lines. So I'm. I need. Is I that need becoming to do a more homework. difficult for you to memorizing lines? Memorize lines. For I don't know that I that it wasn't difficult ever <laughs> because honestly my memory is not something that those close to me would say I you know would would comment on. Yeah. I need my friends to be my memory, yeah. but it's really great because I think that adds to why I'm genuinely happy most of the time mm-hmm. because I'm. <laughs> If you've done anything to me, or I've probably forgotten it. <laughs> now, Joe has got every one of his lines already oh, memorized. I asked him the other day. Sydney. I was like, oh, how is Sydney. that? And he's like, well, I glanced at it a couple. I was like, oh, gosh. He was he was the first one in Odd Couple. He was the mm-hmm. first one in Clue. He had them all down. Well, he has a technique Yeah. that he was taught in college. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's also a numbers thing. But oh. you read it out loud eight times. Yeah. And then you read it out loud six and look away two. And then you just keep doing the subtraction of two, I wow. think. And yeah, it's it's a mathematical formula. Yeah, and never, I'm not into that either. That so yeah. <laughs> I'm more but, of a kinetic leader. You know, my part in Clue, I kind of had to take over at the end of yes, that show. Yes, you did. And I remember the look on early on and, and that fear that my fellow actors were looking at me going... He's not going to get it. He's never going to get it. Get him off the stage. Oh, Who it, let it finally, this guy volunteer? Oh, it finally took my wife and I. We had to take a trip to, to Waco. She had to get an x-ray up there or something. And and so she just hammered it. You know, I tried recording it and then doing the recording thing. But it, just, it really took her just 
sitting there and, and kind of prompting me, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's what you probably need to do. You just need to get with, with somebody that can help you just kind of give you a little bit and then it clicks in and then you remember that. So Well, and another thing that I've noticed for myself is it really helps when I write it. Oh, okay. If I just write even the scene yeah. over and over and over and over pretty soon, it's just stuck in there. And then also moving when I'm practicing rather than sitting down and reading, mm-hmm. I try and stand up and actually move because I notice that that muscle movement also sparks something in, in my head. I remember one scene, speaking of your wife, when uh, Jill and I were the pigeon sisters mm-hmm. uh, in the odd couple Great, great time. One of my favorite times on stage. Um, Somehow a line got turned around, which is, you know, very common. And I remember knowing, oh, when I hear Matt say this word, I'm walking forward and saying this word. And so I just did it because I knew that's what I was supposed to do. But I thought, this is not right. Nothing about this is right. I don't know. What are we doing? And then eventually we found our way back around again to where we were supposed to be. But yeah, yeah, the moving. So the spatial, you you kind of... And any time, and I finally had to do this. I've got a key to the lyric now, just so I can come up. Oh, good to know. But I would come up here, and with nobody up there, like we just did on stage, and I would walk through my scene. So if you ever want to do that, let me know, and I'll come up here and let you in another day. Because it does. It makes all the difference when you're trying to memorize something. In fact, Laisha and I, which is Joe's wife, she's Mm -hmm. also in Rumors. Yes. She and I were talking about memorizing lines because, of course, you know, we were all bragging on Joe for being the only one who had his stuff together. Um, And she said that it was difficult in Get Smart for her because she was seated in the chair as the secretary almost all the time. And so without that movement, you know, just it was difficult to keep those lines up in there. So let's talk about Laisha's character here, though. We're going mm. through all the characters in uh, in the play rumors here. Mm-hmm. Just another great slice of life. Just pick up in the middle of these four couples' lives and just yeah. say, go. Yep. And uh, so you've got the other couple here, Laisha and um, Levi. They yeah. play Chris and Lenny. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is it Chris or? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Claire. No, no, no. It's Claire. Claire, okay. Claire yeah. and Lenny. Uh-huh. Yeah, Laisha is Claire. Um, Laisha is incredibly talented. I love watching her and I love her voice. Yeah. She has, you know, just the timing and her character is sarcastic and it's very kind much of dry. like Laisha. You know, she's yeah. very materialistic. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, exactly like Laisha. Totally sarcastic all the time. <laughs> Not a genuine bone in her body. No, that is uh, the furthest thing from Laisha. Uh, she and Joe make a, a great, great couple. Yeah. Um, just so well matched. But yeah, her character and the delivery of of her lines, they, it, may, it's, it makes me laugh every single time I hear... You know, just there's there's three or four of her lines that are just simple, just dumb, you know, nothing, nothing major. But her delivery just it gets to me every time. It's just so just rolls right off. Yeah, Yeah, she she's great. That's the neat thing about this is is once you do it and you're going to get on stage that first week, there's going to be just a certain two or three lines that are just going to like. And, and and you and you had a bunch of them in Odd Couple that just I just loved them, you know, I did have a bunch of. And that, that's the great thing about a, a Neil Simon play is you get those. And Absolutely. Although I have to say the line I remember the most, which you might be able to quote is, and you, you did good too, which did not happen on the stage, nor <laughs> right. was it my line. <laughs> we got to tell this story because tell this, is, this is one of my favorites. I'm going to let you tell it. So after, after the performance, now you and I were both, we were all in Odd Couple together. Yes. Probably the most difficult show until Clue. Because, you know, the way Neil Simon writes, it's so conversational. Yes. It's not like a uh, so many lines, even in Clue, you're prompted to where it pretty much you know what you're going to say based on the line beforehand. Sure, it gives you, yes. Well, you don't get that in, in Odd Couple. Um, 
I don't even know where I was going with that. But anyways, at the at the end of the uh, the play, we we would go out front, <laughs> and you know we kind of were a line of the characters. And, and this people... is a love hate thing with this out front. I oh, have to say, yes. this is a love hate thing both on both sides, whether it be a, a performer or the audience. I think the audience is intimidated a little bit because the people that they've kind of been looking up at are now they're right on level with them and mm-hmm. they don't know how to treat them. And, right. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, you're going out, you're trying to find the, the people that you went there to see if you came to see someone specifically. And if not, you know, it, it's kind of like that social pressure. Yeah. So I know a lot of folks um, who actually sneak out the side door yeah, to avoid that. Yeah. They they're like, I don't that. want to have to feel like I got to shake someone's hand and tell them good job. I clapped. I just, you know, I'll come back, but don't make me have a stop and chat. Yes. And I was one, I've <laughs> I'll admit, too. I was one of those too until I kind of became more entrenched in the lyric family and I started knowing these people where I was exactly. more comfortable. But if you're not, it is. I remember kind of first moving here. Deal. It okay. is. Um, let, let's talk about the, tell, you, tell your story about the odd couple. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as you know, and as I had previously stated, your wife and I played the Pigeon Sisters and we were uh, from England. We're two sisters from England who, you know, we're just kind of looking for, we're a couple of good time girls, you know, we're here, right. we're here yeah. for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> and we have a flat, the floor above the guys, yeah. Felix and Felix. Oscar. Yes. So, um, being from England, of course, we need to have an English accent, which yeah. I've never been to England. And, you know, I think everyone who is into this kind of stuff, or maybe even if they aren't, I think everyone's kind of tried out their English accent just to see, you know, and you think you're good or you think, you know, you know, you're just trying to read a few things and do it with an English accent and that kind of thing. Well, Jill has been to England several times. And so, you know, she, she really had this down and I thought, okay, I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice. But as long as nobody from England is actually in the audience, I, I can do this. I'm, I'm okay. I'm not going to be nervous. And, um, yeah. So we get outside after I think one of the, I don't know, it might've even been like the first one that was, you know, a real audience. We're all standing outside and it was me and Jill and you, we were right by each other. And so this lady, she comes up, she goes to Jill and she's like, I'm from England. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. So she's like, you, your accent. It was so amazing. She's talking to Jill. And, and it was just clear. And I can tell. And then she, here, she comes to me. And you're like looking. It's uh, so, there's nobody else talking. Yeah, it felt like little, everything little just, yes, pause. definitely. And then she looks at me and she says, and you did good too. <laughs> said thanks <laughs> and shook her hand and looked away and i think you and i have laughed about that probably more than we should but it was yeah. funny it was so funny i it mean was that was funny. my worst nightmare come true and it just i mean not my worst nightmare but good grief the, yeah one of the things i didn't want to happen and it did and and it i'm sure that audience better. member walked away thinking that was probably not the but again they, they, she, it's she's that, english they're mean yeah. They don't care. They're just put here to be angry and mean to people. Yeah. They they don't they're not worried about hurting your feelings. Yeah. She's just gonna let you know. I mean, the fact that she even said I did good too was probably her version of being really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. But it was <laughs> it was, was, was kind of like just, it was a it was a little an aside. It was just kind of okay. I've got to say something yes. here. Um. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, she was like, uh oh. <laughs> now I have to say something nice to her too. So and I've got to build you up so on Odd Couple real quick because you were so funny. You were so great in, in your scene. You guys, that was the funniest scene in the whole deal. And, and I would watch it from backstage. It was just Felix and Oscar. And then you and Jill up there as the Pigeon Sisters. And every night you guys just killed. It was laugh. so much fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. And I have to give credit to uh, Chris, the stage manager. She gave a lot of good ideas. You know, just watching from the side, sometimes it can be intimidating when you're on stage because you get in a routine of doing the same thing. And so it's nice. And for me, it's nice when people come up and say, oh, you know what you should do? And she said, you should um, put be wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. And so I incorporated glasses in yeah. and kept taking, I have to keep putting them back on and taking them on. And the audience absolutely oh, ate yeah. it up. They, yes. they loved it. Yeah. And so it was, it's nice to be able to have other people on the other side saying, oh yeah, this is great. You should try that. Yeah. 
Let's continue on. Oh, with are the, we at Levi? Other characters, and yeah. yeah, now we're with Levi, who plays Lenny. <laughs> Lenny, Len- yes, yeah, Lenny. He's he's a high-strung micromanager. Mm-hmm. Lenny is going in. He doesn't want to be. He wants. He's there. He wants to have a good time, but. Things are just, you know, the the sand is slipping through his hands and he cannot keep it all together like he wants to. And so he's just going to get up and try and take charge. And he's irritated and frustrated, but he's doing it anyway. And Levi, as an actor, I mean, I'm just amazed that I'm even that I have the privilege of being on stage with these people. Everyone here is the top of the top of Brownwood and no you're there I mean I I'm glad to be there I really am because it it's it's such a privilege but I mean these people they've been in you know in LA we've got you know know. people I mean they they, doing this as a career or they teach it you know in Nick's case or they you know that was me and Clue exactly the, the same thing yeah. yeah, surrounded by these professionals. And what a gem we have in Brownwood, Texas. So anybody who hasn't been to the Lyric, I would say you're you're certainly missing out. And Clue, Clue is the funniest I've seen at the Lyric. Really? Clue was the funniest show I've seen at the Lyric. And I've been coming since two, I moved here in 2001. Yeah. So yeah. it, the physical... comedy and the lines and just I mean you guys blew it out of the water I actually started clapping and I'm I'm that person you know I'm the loud laugher I'm the the person in the audience that the audience hates but the actors love (laughs) I'm laughing way too loud and I'm clapping when someone slow rolls down the stairs and you know because that's I mean that's just until you've been up there you have no idea that is talent y'all rocked it yeah yeah so anyway back to Levi that he's he's absolutely hilarious and I, in fact, I text him the other day because he's read. He has to read like a three-page monologue. He's oh, got to he do. Oh, he gets that. He gets oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. He gets this really, really long monologue. And so I've I hear his voice a lot in my head because I've heard <laughs> it a lot. And so I was typing out a text and trying to make it sound really funny to someone. I was trying to get my point across, so I was using a lot of punctuation. And as I was reading back through it, I could hear Levi his voice. And I was like, Oh, he would get this. He would know exactly how to deliver this. He wouldn't butcher this text. (laughs) And so I text him and I told him, I said, you know, I just have to share with you that what you are the reader that every author wants. Yeah. Every writer wants a a reader like Levi. He just makes it come off the page. Fantastic. All right. Let's move on to the next couple here. Ah, Yes. Um, And we've got, uh, of course, we've got Holly and Ryan. (laughs) Holly, let's talk about Holly. She plays Cookie. Cookie. Oh my gosh. Perfect role for Holly, right? Perfect role for Holly. In fact, at tryouts, I... I don't know if I should say this or not, but I text Nancy Joe after it was all over and I said, I, I don't care whether, I mean, I care, but whether I get a part or not, my vote is for Cookie <laughs> to be played by Holly. Yeah. That is, I yeah. mean, it's just her. And yeah, she, you guys are going to laugh so much when you see this. Yeah. You're going to love it. She just is wonderful. And her husband, Ernie, it's Ryan, mm-hmm. and his last name escapes me. McCormick. McCormick. Yep. And so um, Ryan, he's, you know, he's a therapist and, and Cookie, she has a cooking show, but she just loves attention. And so she's always getting, she always has some sort of an ailment in order to somehow get attention. And as a therapist, like a psychotherapist, they, they call him an analyst in the play. I mean, he is just Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Anything she needs. Yeah. He's in, he's so in love with her. Very and, devoted. Oh, he's so devoted. And he, she is his favorite patient. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and uh, what's it been like getting to know Ryan? Because I said oh, you did not know Ryan before. He's a hoot. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know Levi before. Um, Ryan, I don't know. Sometimes I'll just look at him and we just 
kind of will just start laughing. You know, those people that you can just like, you kind of get the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like you get someone's humor. Yeah. And, and I definitely feel that with him. Sometimes we'll just look at each other and, you know, when somebody delivers a line or does something and we just start laughing. So, so you talked about, you know, you talked about the incredible talent on this poster. You know, I'm realizing that too. And part of me is going like, Okay, Clue may be the last role I get because we've got so much more talent. <laughs> I, why do you think I said I'm ex- I'm I feel so grateful to be on this yes. stage because really these this is talent. Yeah. There are these people are naturals. They're it's be- naturals. It's it's becoming a big deal to get cast in a role, which it used yeah. to be you know, you show up and, and there's so few people you're going, Well, okay, I'm gonna be in this show. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of what part, but now right. There's some competition. You know, I auditioned for this show. I didn't make it. I, didn't I was get so it. sad when you did well, not was, get a part. Well, it was all for the best because I was so exhausted from Clue, anyways. But you had a you had been, a, I've, such a good part. I've been in Clue. looking forward to this show for a year because I was going to audition last year, and I found on eBay. I even found the script back in January. <laughs> and I ordered the script and I was looking through there. So, uh, but so but I, I uh, it wasn't a gut punch. I mean, it's a little gut punch when you don't make it. I tried out for Clue, and yeah. I was when I when I didn't get it. Yeah, I mean, it's a little of a gut punch. But then you also have to think. Well, I had just been in Get Smart mm-hmm. and had a you know a fun role there. Yeah. So I'm sure that helped with you knowing yes. that you had such a great role in Clue, and so. Yeah, but it's funny how it worked out because, I mean, Rumors was the one I really wanted, and I was kind of on the fence about Clue, really. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, anyways, I got ended up being cast in Clue, and I had a great time. And and you and Jill got to be cast together, and it was Larry's last. uh, I mean, like, all those things. I think I I sent you guys a message. Like, it just hit me. All those things culminating at once, and what a a great experience and opportunity for you all to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, we get to the last couple. I guess they're the first ones on. They're the homeowners, correct? No. No. Oh, no. They're oh, there for. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, right. Yeah. Right. The homeowners um, are other. They're um, Myra and Charlie. Yeah. And so Chris and Ken, they're uh, first on the scene, so to speak. And Chris, her character, and, and it's Tommy Bailey and. I mean, she's just another powerhouse of talent. Now, we and haven't seen really Tommy on stage yet. Mm-mm. We saw her husband, Ryan, who played the lead in Get Smart. Yes. And uh, they are not, they're veterans from the stage, but they've been in Fredericksburg kind of uh, helping uh, on stage, backstage with the Fredericksburg it. Theater. Yes. When you meet Tommy, she's... Um, She's more, I would say she's more quiet, like she, but then when you get to know her, it's just, she's got such a great sense of humor and she's got just such an easygoing personality and she's doing costuming for this and several others. But I mean, she's just so easy to work with and gets the stuff done. And her character is very funny. Um, her character enjoys a cocktail yes. or two or three. And by the end of it all, you know, she's just ready to um, just whatever. <laughs> she By the end of it all, she doesn't even care. And then her husband, um, which is Nick, he, um, he plays Ken. And oh, my gosh. Talk about comedic timing and facial expressions. <laughs> Nick is a master yeah. at just looking. Yeah. Funny. Right. You know, I mean, he's a great looking guy, but he, then he'll just like turn and do something with his face and you just, he doesn't have to say anything and you just start laughing. Yeah. Even on the poster yeah, there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Look, it's like because he loses his hearing in the. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's, I'm not going to give anything else away, but yeah, his character goes through some physical trauma and. I've got a basic understanding of it because, like I say, I sent off and I got the script. But I actually found uh, there's quite a few YouTube. Yes. Um, vid- now, do you watch those? I do. Do you? I do. Yeah, because Ooh. generally uh, I've watched with everything I've been in. I've watched you found, the YouTube. Wow. Because I think there's some people that are worried about mm, now I'm going to try to be that person or I'm going to have to try to play it that way. And sometimes that goes in contradiction to the director who is Nancy Joe Humphill. Mm-hmm. Well, 
uh, Nancy Joe now the way they did it on the YouTube clip I saw yeah which is one thing I would never say right now I probably would because I think I probably learned that the hard way I am my wife tells me all the time you're not the director I hear that all the time, you know, which I would be a horrible director. But anyways, you, uh, you do, you watch the, I do. I like to, I like to get as much information. I'm kind of an input person. I like to give it and get it. So I'm always looking for, you know, can I, what can I read on it? What can I see? And on this particular play, I was interested at how many high schools did it. I mean, there's tons of YouTube videos out there of just of high schoolers. Clue the same way. Very much. And I mean, I mean, this, this is a little clue is definitely, you know, kind of racy, but this is, this is racy and, um, you know, it's adults and it's funny and they're drinking and they're, uh-huh. you know, they're, do, they're, you know, they're being, you know, adults at a dinner party. And so it was, it was interesting, but I think another thing that that helps me do though, is almost kind of learn what not, I can pick what I want to take from them and what I don't. Yeah. Because sometimes just leaving it up to my imagination, I almost get like, I don't know if there's a thing called actor's block, but, you know, I like to see it done in different ways and pick and choose and then try and emulate those and then spin off of that. So, yeah, I I watch them. Now, we've kind of taken this interview in reverse order a little bit. A lot of times I like to try to get you know, a, a little bio, you know, on the subject. Oh, right. And I asked you to provide that and you didn't, you gave me nothing. <laughs> to go That's on. because my bio is the last three years. My <clears throat> children, if, if you want a little history of how I got into the lyric, yes. my children were in the lyric. They've been in the, I've had them in it for now you've got a long time. Two, I have two children. Two children, yes. boy and a girl. Yes. Stason, mm-hmm. he's 19 and Sophie, she is 15. And so I've had them signed up for the summer programs and, um, I was on stage in high school a couple of times, but not not really much. I was more of the karaoke type, you know, okay. yeah, just yeah. just my family, you know, you'd have big parties and they'd have a band and so I'd get up and sing. So where or did you grow up? Things. Arizona. Oh. Yeah, okay. from Arizona. Sunshine. So anyway, um, I was also in PR prior to my current job. I was doing uh, provider relations. So I enjoy talking to people and I don't, I I enjoy presenting. My kids were trying out for Joseph and I saw all these people just getting up there and doing it. And I thought, maybe I should just try. You you just took your kids up. I took my kids up for auditions. And you weren't going to audition. I was not going to audition. And I was sitting there feeling like I want to do this. I want to do this. The first time I came to the lyric and saw a show, my thought was, I wish I could be up there. Yeah. And that was back in maybe 2005 or six. I wonder how many people get that same feeling. And I would think a lot. Yeah. And, and I didn't act on it for a long. I put my kids in it, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, but that opportunity came and I, I, went to Nancy Joe after auditions were over, they were going to have them the next day. And I was trying to build up my nerve. And I said, well, you know, maybe, maybe I could try out. And she was like, Oh yeah, look how colorful you are. You know, and she was just, you know how she is. And she was just like, look at you. And so, um, she said, just bring in a song. And so I didn't have sheet music. I'd never auditioned for anything ever. And so I got up on the stage. I came back the next day. She said, you need to come back. Yeah. So I came back the next day. And I sang um, Mary Poppins' Spoonful of Sugar, yeah. <laughs> acapella. All right, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Here is Elisa Hinton with Spoonful of Sugar. Okay, hit it. Let's go. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in the most delightful way. Yeah, I'd cast you. I'd cast you. Sure. Be in, so I got. in the musical. I was in the musical. I got to wear a awesome costume. I only had one word. Yeah. And it was wonderful it was exactly that was your one word I, wonderful pity oh pity was your one pity word. and it was a very difficult word because apparently peas don't come across and she nancy joe kept oh. saying louder and i had a mic and everything i was like one word all i have to do is say pity and they still can't hear me <laughs> so but luckily she cast me again and i just did yeah. little now have you so you've been in a few nancy joe's shows yes nine to five yeah okay joseph um, I don't know. I need, I should have written them all down. Um, Yeehaw Christmas. 
Now, do you like, because Nancy Joe's going to give you direction, and I, lo- I, I really love that. I, mm-hmm. I love Larry, but I struggle with the freedom. The freedom. I struggle with that because I'm not a trained actor, you know. Sure. So, but I've actually only been in one Nancy Joe show, and that's Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, really? Um, But I love for people to tell me what to do when I'm up there. Uh, Which, which, because you've been in Larry's shows, you've been in Nick's shows, mm -hmm. and you've been in Nancy Joe's shows. Um, Are you just adaptable where you can just do any of them? I mean, I'm just happy to be here, honestly. But... I would say that I prefer more of a Larry style where I can play with different things and see what works. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nancy Joe, sometimes it can be, I can be like, oh no, I'm not going to get it right because she has a very keen eye and she has it in her mind. And I mean, it's, it's perfect Mm -hmm. the way every she's, she's five, six, seven steps ahead. (laughs) I mean, really, really the, it's amazing. She's. She's in the right field and her productions turn out wonderfully. So I think for me, there's a little bit of, oh no, you know, I hope I get this. I hope I'm getting this right. Yeah. yeah. That performance anxiety where with Larry, I feel like, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to be okay as long as you're, you know, delivering your lines and you're having fun kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, I, it, it, it's just, it's different with both directors, but I've learned a lot from both. Yes. Because from Nancy Joe, I feel like I have learned a lot of the technical things that I would, once she explains why she's Mm -hmm. having us do a certain thing, it's like, oh Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I say, then you realize she's like five, six steps ahead. We were talking about accents earlier and your proper English accent, which you, I, I think you actually, you pulled it off and I think you were great in Odd Couple. Did okay. Um, for never having been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but in the reading, in the auditions, you know, you oh. had a pretty good little New York accent too. Are we, kind of are we delivering it in the New York no, she, uh, Hollywood struggle with that. Oh yes. Hollywood struggle with that. In fact, someone at, at, um, rehearsal yesterday said y'all and it was like, whoa, bam, <laughs> hard stop. <laughs> we are stage. not saying y'all. No. <laughs> yeah. She put the kibosh on that, which is, you know, rightly so. Uh, yeah. New York police officer is not going to say y'all. <laughs> so we've got, uh, now we've got the characters on the poster, but there's other people involved there's too. two other people. Yeah. Yes. Now you've got, uh, Dominique mm-hmm. who is, uh, her first time on the lyric stage, yes. I believe, but I remember seeing her in auditions yeah. and I thought, okay, she's, she's got something. Yeah, yeah, she does. She's, um, you know, it's one of those kind of like myself, the one word, you know, she has a few mm-hmm. lines and she's mm-hmm. kind of just gets to stand there, but it's, you just, all you got to do is just get your foot in the door. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's what I've found too, is just getting up there and doing it once. And then, you know, maybe you get a couple more lines this way and then, you know, maybe you're typecast a certain way, but that's okay because you get to deliver things, you know, differently each time. And people start to see, oh, well, maybe there's a little more, you know, maybe there's something else there. Maybe yeah. we're going to cast this person in a different type of role. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, you just got to get up there and, and try it. Just get in there. Yeah. Yeah, so. But yeah, Dominique is doing, she's, she's a police officer. She's Is she catching great. the lyric bug a little bit too? I hope I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah. I hope and so. And now there's another police officer too. Yes. Um, Jake. Oh yeah. Jake Bowren. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Jake Bowren. Interviewed and Jake yeah. for, um, he was in A Christmas Story. Oh, okay. He did yes. a fantastic job. I, I missed He is the that. son of one of Nancy Joe's old I shouldn't say old, but one of Nancy Joe's students. Uh, she, oh, he is the son of uh, somebody who is like, like Howard second Payne. generation. Yeah, boy, yeah. she's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he's great, and he plays um, kind of the main officer who okay. comes in at yeah. the end and is trying to get this whole craziness sorted out, if yeah. if that's even possible. Yeah. Now I, I watched about half of one of the YouTube, and there's one of them out there that I thought was better than all the other ones. Mm-hmm. And the one that was really good on YouTube is the one that was more conversational. It was that one to where it's not, I'm going to deliver a line, and then you're going to deliver a line. And then they're going to, you know, and you cannot do Neil Simon like that. No, he's fast. He's, um, and that's what I love about, you know, 
everyone in this show, you know, Levi and, and Laisha and, and Ryan and Holly, I mean, all of them, because it's as if they're just talking yeah. out of their own head. It and does Levi, not seem like acting. Yes. And Levi really helped me in clue with that, you know, oh, because so I mean, there's so many times when, you know, he would, he would almost jump a line and I thought, well, you know, but it sounded great though. That's the way it needed yes. to sound. Some sometimes you need a little pause before a line, but other times it's just like you just need to be ready. Boom, right? That's there, right. You know, uh, I don't know. I'm, you know, being a, uh, unbelievably handsome doesn't make me a forensic <laughs> expert. You know, or whatever. <laughs> right. You know, it's just right. That that um, putting a putting it into real life, how you conversation. Yeah. Yeah, so Levi really helped me with that in Clue. Just watching and listening to him is inspiring, and it helps me to be able to read my lines a little differently. But, you know, you also need to memorize the lines first before you can get really good at, at delivering yeah. them in different ways. Well, you've got time. I you've do. Time. I have time, and I'm going to be writing them down. <laughs> so I know that that's going to work. You need to, you need to do the eight, six. Yes, I do. I'm going to do Joe's between Joe's algebra and my handwriting. I'm going to have this. Yeah. <laughs> I have the least amount of lines as any, but well, except for the cop, uh, except for Dominique. But um, my lines are funny and fun and I get to come out and be a little surprising. And so, yeah. Now we've talked about odd couple. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Joseph. Let's talk a little bit about that one we discussed when we were on stage. Uh, Ring of Fire. Oh, yes. Because that Ring was of fire. kind of you stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit. Now, you, you said you sing karaoke, so you yeah. sing. Um, I enjoy singing. <clears throat> um, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. I have post-traumatic stress because in high school, I was picked to do the solo in, uh, you know, the big performance and I practiced and practiced and, you know, it was on my own from Les Mis and, you know, it, it was sounded great and it was wonderful and beautiful. Well, looking at, looking back now, I see what happened. We didn't practice with the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And so here comes <laughs> opening night. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, we're all singing. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden it comes time. You know, I feel myself like robotically walking out to the front doing what I'm supposed to do. And then it's like the spotlight just, and then I see, you know, like this guy, Travis, who's like super cute. Yeah, in the, in the audience? <laughs> oh, right there in the audience. I didn't oh, even expect. Yeah. yeah didn't so, even expect. So here's this, you know, the cute high school boy. Um, I'm standing there. The spotlight comes on. I can still see it. I can still just see that like blinding light in my face. And I mean, I opened, oh, it was horrible. I opened my mouth and was like, on my own. <laughs> crashing in the middle. I mean, you know, you know this. It's oh, yeah. not like you yeah. can't tell when you're actively bombing. Oh, yeah. And so here I am just like spiraling down the toilet and everyone is like secondhand embarrassment. I mean, you just feel it. Everyone's like, oh gosh. And so, yeah. After that, I was like, um, no, never I will singing. never sing a solo in a, like on a stage. Yeah. Although I've done thousands, well, no, Lots of carry lots of lots, ca- of lots of getting up with a band. Room, oh, anytime. Drink in your hand. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. Even without a drink, as long as the stakes are low. Yeah. 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 But when you're up in front, it's I, it was that spotlight. Yeah. And so with Ring of Fire, um, <laughs> they call called it. Nancy Joe called and asked, and I was like. Uh, have that you called so and so? Have you? Yeah. She's like, yeah. Have you called so? I'm going down the list of See, all these people. I don't think people. that's going to happen anymore because I just think we've got so many auditioning. But back then, they were kind of like they had cast. They, they just people. yeah, they they couldn't find anyone, and I mm-hmm. think they had cast, and some people weren't able to do it, and blah blah blah. So I mean, it was like the oxes and the mire girl are. And I thought, you know, I'm going, I'm gonna do it yeah. because Nancy Joe and the lyric in general have given so much to me and my children. And, um, so I really felt like it was an opportunity to give back and an opportunity for growth. I did cry. Um, there was some harmonizing in there that I had to do. And I remember I couldn't get, it was like, I, 
I keep following that. You know, I keep yeah, doing, I'm not a trained singer. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. You know, I just like to do it. Yeah. And so I remember just breaking down and crying and I was like, oh, I'm going to ruin the show. <laughs> I said that in math, Matthew McNeese, he said, um, one person can't ruin a show. <laughs> I was like, you're right. Thank goodness you're right. Oh, yes. And so it really took the pressure off. And then the girls behind me helped me find the note with a little backup hum that only I could hear. And yeah. so, I mean, they just, everyone is, was just super supportive. That's something I've met so many friends, some of my closest friends now in the lyric. Our lyric friends, yeah. And I've told this story before, and I don't know if you've heard it because I don't know how many of these podcasts you listen to. About five. Okay. You've heard the one where I played the prince in Cinderella? It's kind of a similar deal with you in high school. <laughs> you bomb. Um, yeah. And, and it was a deal to where nobody wanted to be the prince. I mean, we, you know, we, we always did a big high school musical, you know, with mm-hmm. the. Um, at the end of the year, the choir did it, you know. Right. We're not in theater. I right. Exactly. Theater. Me too. I was just like in secondary choir. I wasn't yeah. even in like the real deal. Well, I got cast as the prince somehow. <laughs> I think, And the only thing that was really good about my character was my mom made me this awesome. <laughs> she sewed this awesome blue velvet costume, you know. Just and here I for the costume. Great, you know, in my tights and my little ballet sure. shoes or whatever, you know. And um <laughs> Our director nearly, I couldn't waltz, you know, I have two left feet. But anyways, there there was this scene where I had to, I had, there's two solos. I had to sing 10 minutes ago. I, I had, there's mm-hmm. 10 minutes ago. And then there's the, do I love you because you're beautiful. Th- those nice. are the two songs. Yes. Um, so I walk out there and I deliver this little soliloquy about Cinderella, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I'm supposed to sing that song. And we had an orchestra, the orchestra pit. Well, I deliver my lines, and it comes time for my song. And I look down there, and the or- the, some of the people, they're looking up at me, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, you're supposed to start playing now, you know? And they're like, so I just start in a cappella. And was it the wrong scene? Well, and no, it wasn't the wrong scene. But then they realized, oh, we're supposed to be playing. Wait, and then they messed it up? They messed it up. And then all their little orchestra lights come on. You know, oh. And then they start trying to catch up with me. Saboteurs. Yeah, they start trying to catch up with me. And then I realize how far off, out of key, <laughs> I am with what they're playing. And it was a disaster. I think that was the performance where all the other elementary schools come in. So it was a packed house. All their a, parents. Yeah, it was just, everyone. Yeah. So like, anyways, poor was, little Polly. I say that was. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've seen some pretty bad uh, performances at Brownwood High. <laughs> Shannon, well, Shannon, that was before you got there. Now, Shannon. Now, so, um, but I, I, I ranked that up there as one of the worst. It's folks. one of the worst, one of the stinkers of Brownwood. Yes, because I was so stiff and robotic, and oh, I, yes. I just, I, I wish the current Paul could go back and talk to that, you know, 17, 18 year old Paul. I know. And tell him that. If only. If only. If only you had a magic crystal that could just get you back there. I like the way you're bringing this back to rumors there, your crystals. That's so great. I'm going to close with a little game here, okay? I'm going to read some quotes. Okay. And I want you to tell me which of these quotes is a Neil Simon quote. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Get my game face on. If no one ever took risks, Michelangelo would have painted the Sistine floor. Hmm. Okay, that's one. If you can go through life without experiencing pain, you probably haven't been born yet. <laughs> I hadn't even talked to you about, you know, pain in your life. I've got Kleenex here. I've made guests cry before. Have you really? Oh, yeah. There's been real tears shed in that chair. Oh, my goodness. So what could I ask oh, you that would make you, you that would get you emotional like that? Well, I think that you should... Bring me to tears through laughter. Oh, okay. Just yeah. that. Uh-huh. that right. right now. Yeah. And no, drink. No, I, I, no now. Oh, right now? Right now I want you to bring me to tears through laughter. I don't know if I can do that. You're putting me on the spot. Mm. We mm. do have drink. 
I've got, I'm going to confess because we, we can do whatever we want to do in waxing lyrically. That's right. Um, you said that you would do the show, but you know what? You need to bring me a drink. Yes. And especially on St. Patrick's Day. I know. What are we talking about? This yeah. is the night where you go out and you have a little green beer. You have a little a little libation. And so, yeah, you were nice enough to concoct this beautiful, beautiful cocktail, a whiskey yeah. sour, uh-huh. that I am now melted yeah, down to the bottom of. The, yeah. mm-hmm. And it was quite lovely and um that got me emotional okay all right that got me in the feels just bring in this beautiful drink the time you put into it and this podcast and everything you're doing for the lyric thank you because you're making it possible for us as well thank you elisa hinton okay Uh, a couple more quotes there we still got to find the neil simon Mm -hmm. quote here um when it's 100 degrees in new york it's 72 in los angeles when it's 30 degrees in new york in Los Angeles, it's still 72. However, there are 6 million interesting people in New York and only 72 in Los Angeles. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> and the last one, never underestimate the stimulation of eccentricity. Eccentricity. Ooh. So which one of those is a Neil Simon quote? It's a trick question. They're all... They're all- Neil Simon quotes. quotes. Dang it, I was going to pick two. Now I have to drink. Yep. Yeah. I lost. We'll play a little drinking game. All right. Um, now, are we going to do any sort of dramatic reading? I came prepared. I, I came loosely prepared with the dramatic reading. Oh, okay. So you did bring something. I okay. did. I did. So we close each of our shows. With a dramatic. Uh, yeah. Really? Because that's what threw me off. Because the ones I listened to, I did not hear a dramatic reading. Well, so apparently know, our, I was doing our, the, um, listening to the wrong ones. When, which one did we not do? You know, the, the, the shows where we have a bunch of guests. I right. I think don't. that's that's yeah. what it is. Well, I went back and I, I listened to several just for the dramatic readings. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard Jonathan Harvey and I mean, oh, wasn't just, that great? Oh, God, oh. Just <laughs> and so I was like, okay, the pressure is on. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on something that was a little more relevant. So I picked a piece. It deals with, um, aging. Mm-hmm. Um, it deals with, uh, lost dreams of youth. Um, a dying middle America. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, um, I will be doing a dramatic reading of Jack and Diane by Jonathan Mellencamp. I can't wait. (laughs) A little ditty about Jack, Diane, two American kids growing up in the heartland. Jack... He's going to be a football star. Diane, debutante, back seat of Jackie's car. <laughs> Sucking on a chili dog outside the tasty freeze. Diane is sitting on Jackie's lap. Got his hands between her knees. Jack says, hey, Diane, let's run off to the city. Diane says, Jack, you ain't missing nothing. Oh, yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Oh, yes, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. They walk on. Jack sits back and collects his thoughts just for a moment, scratches his head. He does his best James Dean, and he says, Well, then, Diane, here we go again. Let's run off to the city. Diane says, babe, you still ain't missing nothing. Oh, yes, life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone. Oh, yes, he says, life. Life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone. So let it rock and let it roll. Let the Bible belts come and save my soul. Hold on to 16 for as long as you can. Changes come around real soon. Make us women and men. I'll never think of that song the same again. 
That is brilliant. <laughs> that is so good. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Alisa Hinton has been my guest on Waxing Lyrically. How are we going to get people out to see this? Because okay. these straight plays mm-hmm. are not... Because people don't know what Rumors is. Right. Besides a Fleetwood Mac album. Yes, exactly. Okay, so what I would say is... The beauty of rumors is that it's very, very relatable. You're going to want to come see this because you're going to see literally how the rumor mill gets started and started again Yeah, and started again. So you're going to come and see it and you're going to laugh and you're going to think, what did I miss? I need to go see it again. Yeah. I can't wait. Little ditty about Jack and Diane, two American kids growing up in the heartland. Jackie gonna be a football star. Diane's debutante backseat of Jackie's car. Thanks for being my guest. You were awesome. You're welcome. Thank you, Paul. It was an honor. Sucking on chili dog outside taste freeze. Diane sitting on Jackie's lap, got his hands between the knees. Jackie say, hey, Diane, let's run off behind the shady trees. Dribble off those Bobby Brooks, let me do what I please. Say, oh, yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Say, oh, yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. They walk on. Thanks for listening to Waxing Lyrically, sponsored by the one and only Teddy's Brewhouse in downtown Bronwood. If you enjoyed our podcast, why not share it with a friend? This is your announcer, Kurt Schneider, wishing all Brownwood Lyric Theater lovers a great day. See you next time. Jack his back, flexes, thoughts for the moment, scratches his head and does his best James Dean. Well, then, then, Diane, gotta run off to city. Diane says, baby, you ain't missing nothing. But Jack say, oh, yeah, life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone. Oh, yeah, they say, life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone. Best they can.